0: We have often heard the question, what would you choose to eat for your last meal? It comes to us a bit grimly from the final meal offered a prisoner prior to execution. At a party, if you can remember those, we might meander around and speculate on our favorite foods, our last meals, hot pot, steak, Mom's lamb curry. We talk about the food. But other questions along those lines, questions that might fill out the scene, don't come up at parties. With whom would you share your last meal? If you only had one meal left, what would you talk about? What would you do? What would you be thinking or feeling Those are not appropriately casual questions. Do not ask those at your next party, whenever that may be. They are intimate and revealing, maybe even morose or macabre. Tonight, we've gathered to observe Maundy Thursday together. And Jesus has not invited us to a casual party, but to a last meal to his last meal. He invites us into the room and shares his lived answers to those intimate questions. Maundy Thursday begins the weighty last leg of our journey toward Easter. It's a night of contrast. We have on the one hand the warmth and intimacy of the upper room, It's here Jesus had his last meal, here that he breathed new life into the Passover, giving us the sacrament of communion. It's here he washed feet, enacting his new commandment to love one another. It's here Jesus taught and prayed, and where he and his disciples had great conversation, asked questions, and sang together. The threads of betrayal and suffering are on Jesus' mind in that room, but they are not the only thing he has in mind. The community, though broken, is blessed. The upper room is a place of warmth, it's a glow. We then follow Jesus into the contrast, the cold, lonely darkness of a night spent outdoors. The threads of community remain, though they are now seen through a lens of weakness and frailty. We watch his anguish and prayer and his betrayal. While our service tonight will send us out into the night, the latter part of Maundy Thursday, our gospel passage places us at the proverbial hearth of the upper room. And I am thankful for it. I'm thankful that we don't go straight from the waving of palms to the hardwood of the cross, from public honor to public shame. I'm thankful, rather, that tonight we are invited to partake of the weighty tenderness of Maundy Thursday. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. This is how Jesus begins the night in the Gospel of Luke. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I find his eager desire striking, an eager desire for this last meal with these friends. I've seen lists on what inmates have chosen as their final meal. You can find these easily and readily, but many if not most, choose not to eat. They make no special request. What lies ahead understandably diminishes their appetite. And yet Jesus expressed a type of earnest and eager appetite for this meal with these people. I wanna draw our attention to two words, with you. With whom is he sharing this holy meal? We are quite familiar at this point in the gospel with the apostles, these followers of Jesus who will continue his ministry. Here Jesus said directly that they are those who have stood by him in his trials. Indirectly, they are family to him, the people with whom he shares the Passover. It is at this meal, after they share in Jesus' body and blood, that the family drama began. We watch what should have been a moment for humility, the recognition that a dear friend would betray Jesus, and it turns into a moment of vying for honor and power. How did we get here? In the movie The Farewell, the matriarch has been given a medical death sentence. Her sons and their families who live in America and in Japan return to their mother in China to say farewell. Only, it's a bit more complicated than that. It's a beautiful movie and well worth your time. In one scene, this large regathered family is at table having a nice dinner together. A tense exchange ensues it becomes an argument about who has chosen the right way to live. Is it the family who moved to America for opportunity and whose child is financially struggling as she follows her passion? Is it the family who moved to Japan or the extended family who stayed? Amongst those around the table, they ask in their own way, who is the greatest? Who has chosen the most honorable path? Finally, the matriarch tries to resolve the conflict with a call for unity. Don't forget, you're still Chinese. One son blurts out, almost despite himself, that actually he is American. He quickly backpedals to say that he only meant he had an American passport. The brother living in Japan, with no intention of returning to live in China, says proudly he will always be Chinese. The cousin who has remained in China then lobs a hard-hitting barb. You all think the moon is rounder outside of China, but have you considered your mother growing old without her kids around? An argument about greatness and honor has also become an accusation of betrayal. Have you betrayed the family, the country, your identity. The scene is sadly all too relatable. Spoken or unspoken, questions of betrayal and greatness play off each other when family is gathered around the table. Just like the disciples, the family misses the moment at the table. Their mother is dying. This is their last guaranteed chance to be together. And in this moment, they're stuck, justifying and jockeying. How many moments have we missed like this at our family table? Times when we gathered for a holy day, a reunion, a feast. And then while gathered, we became self conscious in ways that thwarted the very point of the gathering. And our self focus, we end up missing the host, missing the moment. The disciples in this moment missed the bigger picture of life in the kingdom. The moment they were inhabiting in God's story was one of union and service, and they were missing it. And it's at this point I might expect Jesus to lose it. With all of the stress, the weight, of the evening of what lies ahead, I might expect him to just blow up or give up or walk out. And to be clear, this isn't the first time they've gotten into this exact argument. It has happened before. And Jesus has already corrected them on this. And now they're getting into it again at his farewell meal. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. On Maundy Thursday, Jesus explained again. He taught again. He served again. He chose to draw near again. He did not tolerate nearness to his disciples. He delighted in them and called them closer. He did not withhold himself from when they missed he offered himself all the more, repeatedly. Jesus did not lose his appetite, his eager desire for those he loves. On Monday Thursday, the authoritative, unrelenting tenderness of Jesus is on full display. How might we linger tonight? at the hearth of his authoritative and unrelenting tenderness? How might we be present to him and not miss the moment? While we aren't able at this time to just crack open our scriptures and read all of Jesus' recorded words, I'd like to invite us to hear and receive some of the words Jesus shared with his disciples in the upper room. During the snowstorm, many of us had the experience of huddling around spaces for warmth, near stoves, fireplaces, car vents. <laughs> I invite you in this moment to gather yourself inwardly in that same way, to be present to you and receive the warmth of Jesus' loving and authoritative words. On that night, Jesus said to his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus eagerly desires to share this meal with you tonight. You who have exercised power in the world for your own glory rather than to serve. You who have been with Jesus but deserted him when things got intense. You who are quick to miss the point of the meal as you fight around the table. Jesus eagerly desires, even now, to be with you. He speaks again through his people tonight. And he speaks not from far off, but from this room, from the room you are inhabiting, as if he were shoulder to shoulder with you. And he says with eager joy, this is my body given for you. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Tonight, let us respond to the authoritative tenderness of Jesus. Let us join together in the great last meal.